We're going to be learning a piece from Reb Moshe Soloveitchik on Nosar HaPesach, which originally appeared in the Hapardes Torah Journal and is reprinted in Kovetz Chidushe Torah. In this piece, Reb Moshe articulates a few very fundamental ideas about the Karban Pesach and what happens at midnight when there's no longer a mitzvah to eat the Karban Pesach, whether that changes the status of the meat or not. And he has an important insight that midnight affects the mitzvah of eating the Karban Pesach but not necessarily the status of the meat as sacrificial meat. So he explores this double element of the Karban Pesach as a sacrifice, as well as the object of the mitzvah to eat the Karban Pesach on the Seder night. The Tosefta in the ninth chapter of Psachim and the eighth chapter of Zvachim quotes the view of Ben Azai regarding the Shlamim which comes with the Karban Pesach. So when they brought the Karban Pesach, they would also bring along with it another Karban Shlamim, which was the meal, that's what we eat at the Seder as Shulchan Orech, to fill up before they ate the Karban Pesach, which was eaten at the point when we eat the Afikomen. So the question is, the Shlamim that comes with the Karban Pesach, does it have the rules of a regular Shlamim or is it more like the Karban Pesach? So Ben Azai says, Shlamim habayin machmas Pesach, the Shlamim that comes with the Pesach, harehen kepesach lechol davar, it has the rules of a Karban Pesach, ela shehinechal in the yom belayla, except that it's only eaten the day and the night. In other words, a regular Shlamim is eaten for two days and one night, so one can eat it the day they bring it that night and the next day, and the following night it's discarded qualified, whereas a Karban Pesach can only be eaten that night and then in the morning it's disqualified. So this Shlamim that comes with the Karban Pesach says Ben Azai, it's disqualified in the morning, it cannot be eaten the following day. Now Reb Moshe asks that Ben Azai's language is totally backwards over here because he's saying that the Shlamim that comes with the Pesach has the same rules of the Pesach which would mean that it can only be eaten for one night just like the Karban Pesach. So why does Ben Azai say that the Shlamim is like the Pesach except for one difference that it can only be eaten at night, not the following day. But that's not a difference. That's exactly the same as the Karban Pesach. So what he should have said is The Shlamim is exactly like the Karban Pesach. Therefore, it's only eaten for one night. So this additional word, Ella, which seems to say that this is one of the differences between the Shlamim and the Pesach, is very difficult to understand when this is one of the similarities because a normal Shlamim can be eaten for two days and a night, and this Shlamim can only be eaten that night, which is exactly like the Karban Pesach. So there seems to be a mistake in the language of the Tosefta. And in fact, the Gemara in Pesachim Peitesam at Aleph, when it discusses this issue, so it actually presents it in the opposite way. That the shlamim of the Karban Pesach is like a shlamim overall. So in terms of how it's offered and sacrificed, all of that is done like a regular Karban Shlamim. The one way that it's different from a regular Shlamim, and it's more like the Karban Pesach, is that it's only eaten that night. 
So that is the way the Gemara presents it, that this is the similarity between the Shlamim and the Pesach, whereas the Tosefta says it the other way, that this is the difference between them. So in order to explain the language of the Tosefta, Reb Moshe quotes another comment of the Medrash, the Torah's Kohanim in Vayikra Gimel Pasuk Zion. There's a debate between the Tanakama and Ben Azai over these Shlamim that come with the Karban Pesach. So the Tanakama holds that they're treated like a Shlamim. But they can only be eaten for that one night. So overall, the halacha of the shlamim is like a regular shlamim. So it's offered and sacrificed like a regular shlamim. And it can be eaten like a regular shlamim. So it could be cooked. It doesn't need to be roasted. But the one similarity it has with the Karban Pesach is that it can only be eaten that night, not the following day. Ben Azai disagrees. According to Ben Azai, the shlamim can only be eaten at night and it must be roasted. So even though it's sacrificed like a shlamim, but in terms of the eating, it has to fully follow the laws of the Karban Pesach. So it's only eaten roasted that one night. So now that we understand the view of Ben Azai is that the Shlamim has to be eaten like the Karban Pesach. So now coming back to the original line of the Tosefta, Reb Moshe says that we could explain what Ben Azai is saying is that the Shlamim is exactly like the Karban Pesach in terms of being eaten. So it has to be roasted and it has to be eaten that night, but it can be eaten the entire night. So that's the Ella. The Shlamim can be eaten all night, which is different than the Karban Pesach, because Ben Azai follows the view of Rebbe Lezer Ben Azariah that the Karban Pesach can only be eaten until midnight. There's a debate whether the Karban Pesach can be eaten until the morning or only until midnight. So Ben Azai holds that the Karban Pesach itself can only be eaten until midnight. And he's coming to say that there's a difference between the Shlamim of the Karban Pesach that it can be eaten all night until morning. So that explains the Ella. Even though the eating of the Shlamim and the Karban Pesach has to be the same, but the Shlamim has one difference that it can be eaten after midnight until the morning. But now, says Rav Moshe, even though this interpretation makes sense of the language of the Tosefta, but we have to understand conceptually why should this be the case? If Ben Azai holds that that Shlamim has all the rules of the Karban Pesach, in terms of when and how it can be eaten. So why, in fact, can it be eaten after midnight, unlike the Karban Pesach? So to explain the conceptual difference, Reb Moshe begins with Tosos and Brachos, Tesam and Aleph. They ask, according to Reb Lezer ben Azariah, that the Pesach can only be eaten until midnight. What about the Pasuk that says, Lososiru mimenu ad boker? The Torah explicitly says, don't leave over from the Karban Pesach until the morning. Morning. So it seems very clear from the Torah that the time for eating the Karban Pesach extends until the morning and does not end at Chatzos. So how do we understand this Pesach according to Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah? 
So Reb Moshe answers this question that there is a difference between the time that the Karban Pesach mitzvah is over and after that it's prohibited to eat from this meat. So according to Reb Lezer and Azariah, that's at midnight, as opposed to when the meat becomes nosar. Nosar means that leftover Karban meat has a special prohibition to eat it. And in fact, it has a very serious punishment of kares that the person's soul is cut off. So according to Reb Moshe, these are two different categories. Something can be a prohibition to eat because it's no longer a carbon and the mitzvah is no longer applicable, but it's still not nosar. Nosar is an additional prohibition that sometimes the Torah says that leftover carbon meat has an additional status that if someone eats it, they're going to get a very grave punishment. Now, obviously, ordinarily, the status of nosar kicks in as soon as the meat is no longer a mitzvah to be eaten. So the definition of leftover meat is once it's no longer a mitzvah to eat this carbon meat. But says Reb Moshe, when it comes to the Karban Pesach, there is a difference. According to Reb Lezer ben Azariah, after midnight, there's no longer a mitzvah to eat this Karban Pesach, and it's a prohibition to eat the meat, but the meat does not become nosar at that point. So if someone ate the meat after midnight, before morning, that would be a prohibition, but it's not nosar. And that's what the Torah is telling us, that this meat does not become nosar until the morning. So lososiru mimenu ad boker means to say that in the morning, the additional status of nosar happens, whereas after midnight, it's prohibited to eat the meat and there's no longer a mitzvah of Karban Pesach, but it's not nosar yet. So that answers Tosos' question. Now, why should there be this distinction that the mitzvah is over at midnight, but it doesn't become nosar until morning? So Reb Moshe explains because the midnight deadline is not a halacha in the Karban Pesach. Pesach. The Pesach is both a carbon as well as a mitzvah to eat that carbon. So the midnight deadline does not affect the carbon aspect of it. It affects the mitzvah. The mitzvah of the carbon Pesach is over at midnight, but it doesn't change the status of this carbon meat. So that's why it doesn't become nosar at that point, because nosar has to do with the carbon, and the carbon status doesn't change until morning, as opposed to the other aspect of this, which is the mitzvah to eat the carbon Pesach, and that's what ends at midnight. So that explains the distinction why the mitzvah is over, but it still does not become nosar until morning. And Reb Moshe proves this from the Gemara in Pesach and Kufches Amud Beis. Rava says, If someone eats matzah nowadays when there's no carbon Pesach after midnight, according to Reb Lezer ben Azariah, they do not fulfill the mitzvah of matzah. So the point is that the mitzvah of matzah is also compared to the Karban Pesach and it cannot be done after chatzos. Now, says Reb Moshe, if the chatzos deadline is that it's no longer a valid Karban Pesach, then what does that have anything to do with the matzah and the maror, which are not a Karban at all? They're not sanctified. They're just an object of a mitzvah. So how can we compare a disqualified Karban to the matzah after midnight? So it must be like he's saying that what ends at midnight is the mitzvah of the Karban Pesach. So it's not a problem in the Karban element. It's a problem in the mitzvah element. So that we compare to the matzah and the maror because those are all the mitzvahs of the Seder night. So they all have the same deadline. So this proves his point that the midnight deadline is for the mitzvah of Karban Pesach, but it doesn't change the status of the meat 
and make it nosar. And then he adds that there's another way to formulate this idea in an even more subtle distinction. And this is based on a tradition from Rab Chaim. Rab Chaim said that when one eats the Karban Pesach on the Seder night, there's a fulfillment of actually two different mitzvahs. One is the mitzvah to eat the Karban Pesach. The The Torah says to eat the Karban Pesach at the Seder night. So that's the first element of the mitzvah. And then there's another element, which is the regular mitzvah to eat Kodshim Kalin. So any Karban which is brought and the owners are supposed to eat the meat, there is a mitzvah to eat the meat. The Torah says, The Torah says that the owners are supposed to eat the meat of a carbon that they get meat from. So the carbon Pesach is included in that category as well. So there are two aspects to eating the carbon Pesach. One is the general mitzvah to eat Kodshim Kalim, and the other is the specific mitzvah to eat the carbon Pesach on the Seder night. So now this idea from Rab Chaim will very nicely explain why there should be a difference that the mitzvah of eating the carbon Pesach ends at midnight, but it doesn't become nosar until morning. Because the midnight deadline has to do with the first component of the mitzvah, the specific mitzvah to eat the carbon Pesach. So in that regard, the mitzvah only extends until midnight, but afterwards there's no more mitzvah and it's prohibited to eat this meat. But the meat is still regular kodshim kalim. And the status of nosar doesn't follow the karban pesach element. It follows the kodshim kalim element. So that component, that it's kodshim kalim, extends until morning. And that's why the nosar doesn't kick in until morning. So Rab Chaim's double element to eating the Karban Pesach, that it's a Pesach as well as Kodshim Kalim, explains this distinction. At midnight, the Karban Pesach mitzvah ends, whereas the Kodshim Kalim mitzvah does not end until morning, and that's when it becomes Nosar. But now this raises the question, why then after Chatzos can one not eat the meat? even though they're not going to fulfill the mitzvah of Karban Pesach, but they're still going to fulfill the other mitzvah of Kodshim Kalim. So why not eat the meat because of that component? So Reb Moshe answers very simply that the only way to eat the Karban Pesach is if you're fulfilling both mitzvahs. But once the mitzvah of the Karban Pesach falls away at midnight, so then you can't eat the meat after that as if it's a regular Karban. Once it loses the element of the mitzvah of Pesach, so then there's no more eating it because that's how the Torah set up the eating of this carbon. So now, having set up this whole conceptual framework, says Reb Moshe, now we can understand the original question that he asked. Why, according to Ben Azai, can the shlumim of the carbon Pesach be eaten all night, even though the carbon Pesach can only be eaten until Chatzos, even though in general they have the same rules for eating them? So why is this rule different? Says Reb Moshe that according to Ben Azai, there are two different categories of halachas that govern the eating of the Karban Pesach. Some of the halachas have to do with its status as a Karban. So there are certain specific details to the Karban of the Karban Pesach, and others of the halachas have to do with the mitzvah of the Karban Pesach. So the prohibition against cooking the Karban Pesach, that it has to be roasted, that's a special prohibition that the Torah says explicitly. Don't eat the Karban Pesach undercooked or cooked, it has to be roasted. Also, the prohibition to eat the Karban Pesach the next day is an explicit prohibition in the Torah. 
Torah. So those are both details of halacha which are required because of the Karban Pesach's special status as a Karban. So that type of Karban has certain rules which are that it can't be eaten the next day and it has to be roasted. And according to Ben Azai, those same rules apply to the Shlamim that comes with the Karban Pesach because it has to be parallel to the type of Karban of the Karban Pesach. But the Halacha that the Karban Pesach cannot be eaten after Chatzos, that doesn't follow from the unique status of the Karban Pesach as a unique Karban. That's one of the details of fulfilling the mitzvah of Karban Pesach. So the mitzvah must be done before midnight. So now, says Ben Azai, that detail does not apply to the Shlamim because it's not the mitzvah of Pesach. So anything that's intrinsic to the Karban Pesach as a Karban applies to the Shlamim that comes with it as well. But if it has to do with the mitzvah of the Karban Pesach, then it does not apply to the Shlamim. So that's why the Karban Pesach can only be eaten until midnight, but the Shlamim with it could be eaten until morning. Now, based on this analysis, so Reb Moshe adds another point. There is a concept of pigol. If the person does the service intending to eat the Karban after the proper time, so after it becomes nosar, so the whole carbon is disqualified to begin with because it's considered pigal. So even if they end up eating it in the proper time, it still does not work. Says Rab Moshe, what would happen if someone brings the carbon Pesach intending to eat it after chatzos, but before morning? So he does not think that would be considered pigal. Even though that's wrong, they're supposed to eat the carbon Pesach according to Rab Lezer ben Azaria before chatzos. But intending to eat it after chatzos, so long as it's before morning, does not make it pigal. And he brings a proof to this from the Gemara in Zvachim Nunvav Amad Beis. There's a debate between Chizkiah and Rabbi Yochanan regarding a carbon that could be eaten for two days and one night. So if someone brought the carbon intending to eat it on the following night, the second night when it's no longer allowed to be eaten, so Chizkiah holds that's not pigal because the meat does not become nosar at night because it's not going to be burned at night until the morning. So since the meat is not nosar that second night, even though it's prohibited to eat it at that point, but it's not pigal to intend to eat it then because at that point it's not nosar. And Rabbi Yochanan disagrees. He holds that it is pigal because that second night it's already nosar even though it's not burned that night, but it already becomes nosar. So we see from this whole discussion in the Gemara that pigal has to be an intention to eat it when the meat is already nosar. And according to Reb Moshe, the carbon Pesach, even according to Reb Lezer ben Azariah, is not nosar after chatzos until morning. So intending to eat the carbon Pesach after chatzos does not make it pigal. But Reb Moshe adds that we don't even need this Gemara in order to prove this point because his whole conceptual framework makes it obvious. Since the midnight deadline does not affect the status of the carbon meat, at all. It's just a deadline in the mitzvah. So the mitzvah of Karban Pesach can no longer be performed after midnight, but it doesn't change the status of the meat at all. So it's obvious that intending to eat the meat after midnight does not create pigol because pigol is a rule in the Karban. It doesn't matter if the mitzvah of Karban Pesach is over. So long as it's still valid Karban meat, so it's certainly not going to be pigol. So according to Rab Moshe's whole approach, this point is obvious. So now, based on his idea, Reb Moshe now answers a question of Tosvos in Zvachim.
Nachim Nun Vav Amad Aleph. Tosfos asks, why do we need a Pasuk to teach us that you can't sprinkle the blood of the carbon after sunset? We should be able to figure that out on our own. Because first of all, you can't do Zrika, you cannot do that service at night because it's disqualified at night. And by the next morning, the blood is already disqualified because it stayed overnight. So lina is a disqualification for the blood. So why do we need a special halacha that you can't do the zrika after sunset when that seems obvious based on these factors? So Tosos quotes Rabbeinu Tam, who has a well-known view about shkia, and this comes up in a lot of places, and it's very practically relevant in terms of how we evaluate when the night begins. According to Rabbeinu Tam, there are two shkias. And what we call sunset is still the first day. It doesn't change into the night until a later sunset. So based on that, Rabbeinu Tam explains that when the Gemara excludes sprinkling the blood after sunset, it refers to the first sunset, which is still the first day. So that's what the Gemara is adding. But says Rab Moshe, according to his approach, there's another answer to Tosus's question. The Gemara is telling us that you can't sprinkle the blood once it already changes into night. But the Gemara is trying to say that it's not just practical because it's night, so one is not able to do the sprinkling of the blood. It's trying to say that there's a fundamental issue now that the blood's status is nosar. And the point of that is in terms of pigol, because as Rab Moshe said, if the issue is only practical, but the blood has not changed into nosar yet, it just practically can't be sprinkled because it's night. So then there's not going to be pigol if someone brings the carbon intending to sprinkle the blood at night. So that's why the Gemara needs to say that it's not just practical that the blood can't be brought at night. It's a fundamental disqualification of the blood that now the blood is considered nosar. So anyone that brings a carbon intending to do the sprinkling at night, the carbon becomes a pigol. So again, the same basic approach that he suggested that there's a difference between when the status of the meat or the blood changes into nosar versus when it practically can't be eaten in terms of So that could answer Tosus' question as well, why the Gemara specifically needs to exclude the blood at night and disqualify it, not just because it's night, but because the blood itself becomes nosar. Now Reb Moshe brings one last proof to his whole idea that intending to eat the carbon Pesach meat after midnight does not make it pigol from the Tosefta in Pesachim Hey Yud. Pesach ein nechal ela balayla ve'eino nechal ela ad chatzos. The Tosefta takes the view of Reb Lezer ben Azariah that the Karban Pesach can only be eaten until midnight, but still ve'ein chayav in alav mishum nosar. It does not become nosar at that point. Ve'ein machshava poselis bo mishum pigul and intending to eat it at that point does not make it pigul ad shiyala omrashachar until the morning. So the Tosefta says explicitly like Reb Moshe has been saying throughout that the laws of Nosar and Pigol only kick in in the morning, even though the mitzvah of eating the Karban Pesach is over at midnight. Now, there is another way to read this Tosefta, that it's actually the view of Rabbi Akiva, that on a Torah level, one can eat the Karban Pesach up until morning. And when the Tosefta says that it has to be eaten until midnight, it's talking about a drabanan. The rabbis made a rule for many mitzvahs that extend until morning, that they have to be done by midnight, like Shema, so that a person doesn't make a mistake. So likewise, the rabbis made a rule to eat the Karban Pesach 
Pesach until midnight, but that's why the Tosefta says that it's not Nosar or Pigol until morning because it's the view of Rabbi Akiva, whereas according to Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah, that on a Torah level, one cannot eat the carbon Pesach after midnight, so it would be Nosar and Pigol at that point. And there would be some proof for this because the Tosefta in Zvachim Vav Zayin uses the same language regarding other Karbanos, where it's clear that you have all night to eat them until morning, and the Tosefta says that they can only be eaten until midnight, so that's obviously a Drabanan rule. But, says Rab Moshe, the Orzarua at the end of Simon Reish Lamed Aleph reads the Tosefta the way he initially suggested, that it's the view of Reb Lezer ben Azariah, and still, according to the Tosefta, the meat is not Nosar or Pigol until morning. So the Orzarua's reading of the Tosefta says very clearly, like Reb Moshe's whole idea, that even according to Reb Lezer ben Azariah, the carbon Pesach meat is not Nosar or Pigol after Chatzos until morning. And Reb Moshe adds something remarkable, that Rashi and Brachos Testament Aleph says that the phrase Ella Ad Chatzos implies that it's a Torah rule. So when it says that you can only do something Ella Ad Chatzos, that refers to on a Torah level, not Midra Banan. So Reb Moshe points out that there's a very subtle difference between the Tosefta in Psachim versus the Tosefta in Zvachim about other Karbanos. When it's talking about the Karban Pesach, it says, Eino Nechal Ella Ad Chatzos. It can only be eaten until midnight. And according to Rashi, that refers to Deoraisa. So it must be the view of Reb Lezer ben Azariah, like the Orzarua said. Whereas in Zvachim, the language is that it's eaten liyom velayla ad chatzos. It's eaten until midnight, not Ella ad chatzos. It's missing the word Ella. So that would be a drabanan halacha, that the meat can be eaten until midnight, only midrabanan, but midoraisa goes on all night. So that's a very careful, subtle reading of the Tosefta in line with his overall approach. So this is a very nice piece from Rab Moshe about the Karban Pesach. Now, interestingly, in the Chidushe Agriz from his brother, Anzvachim Daftes, so he quotes basically the same approach in the name of his father, Reb Chaim. So it's unclear exactly what happened here. There seems to have been some confusion, unless Reb Moshe and Reb Chaim came up with the same idea independently. But Reb Moshe himself bases some of his approach on Reb Chaim's insight that there are two components to the mitzvah of eating the Karban Pesach. But either way, this is a popular approach and it appeared in the Hapardes in the name of Reb Moshe, but his brother Reb Velvel also recorded it in the name of his father, Reb Chaim. Now, what Reb Moshe is saying, that according to Reb Lezer ben Azariah, the meat of the Karban Pesach is not Nosar after midnight, so a lot of other commentators go down the same route, including his great-great-grandfather the Nitziv in the Merome Sada on Zvachim, and in fact he even quotes the same Orzarua that Reb Moshe referenced, and the Karen Ora in Zvachim, the Chafetz Chaim in the Likute Halachos, the Tzlach, which is written by the Nodeb Yehuda in Psachim and in Brachos, the Or Sameach in Hilchos Chametzu Matzah Vav Aleph, the Ture Evan, which is written by the Shagas Aryeh on Megillah Chaf Aleph Amad Aleph. So this is a very popular approach, and it's discussed by the Stipler in Kehilos Yaakov on Brachos Simen Dalid, as well as Reb Shmuel Rizovsky on Psachim Gimel Amad Aleph. So there's a lot of commentators that discuss this 
and make the same basic point as Reb Moshe. Now, interestingly, the Orsameach takes this analysis so far as to say that since the carbon Pesach meat is not disqualified at midnight, it's still a regular Shlomim, so it can still be eaten. One will not fulfill the mitzvah of carbon Pesach after midnight, but one is still allowed to eat it. Whereas the Chafetz Chaim in Likutei Alachis quotes from the Chuvis Ramah, Reish Mem Ayin Simen Aleph, that it is prohibited to eat the carbon Pesach meat after midnight, which is like what Reb Moshe said. So there is some debate on that practical point, whether according to this analysis, one is still allowed to eat the meat after midnight because it's not Nosar and it's still a regular carbon meat, even though there's no more mitzvah of carbon Pesach at that point. Now, in this piece, Reb Moshe also quotes a very important tradition from his father that there are two mitzvahs to eating the carbon Pesach. One is the mitzvah to eat a carbon Pesach, and two is the regular mitzvah to eat Kudshim Kalim. So this is also a very important tradition. And again, many commentators take the same approach, including Rab Chaim's own father, the Beis HaLevi, in Chelek Gimel, Simen Nun Aleph, Sifkat and Gimel. And we mentioned that the Orsameach also takes this approach. And the Klechemda in Parshas Baaloscha also takes that approach. So again, this is a very popular idea and a very important idea. Now, Rav Hutner has a very interesting outlook on this. In the Sefer Azikaron Pachad Yitzchak for Rav Hutner, beginning on page 195, they quote a piece that he wrote in 1939, where Rav Hutner argues that this idea, whether there's two mitzvahs in the Karban Pesach or not, depends on a debate between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva in the last Mishnah in Psachim. According to Rabbi Shmuel, if someone makes the bracha on the Karban Pesach, they do not need another bracha on the Shlamim. And according to Rabbi Akiva, they need two brachas, one on each carbon. So Rav Hutner says that this is the exact debate. Rabbi Shmal holds like Rab Chaim's idea that eating the carbon Pesach has two mitzvahs. So by making the bracha on the carbon Pesach, one fulfills the bracha on the Shlamim because the carbon Pesach also has an element of a regular Kudshim Kalim. So the mitzvah covers the other carbon Shlamim as well. Whereas according to Rabbi Akiva, the mitzvah of carbon Pesach is totally distinct from the regular Kudshim Kalim category. So the bracha on the carbon Pesach does not cover the Shlamim of the Seder. So Rav Hutner believes that this idea of the Orsameach and Rab Chaim is a debate between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmal.